Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of The Jesse Kelly Show. And you know what time it is. What time is it? It's Medal of Honor Monday time. Every single Monday at this time, we take a Medal of Honor citation and we read it. That's it. When somebody earns a Medal of Honor, they do a write-up on it. We have always felt like it was an important thing to do on this show to read these, to remember the men, to remember the deeds, to hold up for our children real heroes, real people they should look up to and try to emulate, not whatever new loser they see on television. That's why we do this. And I want to say, I've done this before. I want to encourage you to do this on your own too, if you have an opportunity to. You know, I didn't, these aren't my, I didn't earn any of these medals of honor. You go do this with your own family, your Sunday school, your little league, your sports team, your class. You don't look, hey, if you're a teacher, you don't have to worry about getting in trouble. These are American heroes. It's non political, right? Take these, give them as assignments to your class. Learn about these men, learn about the battles surrounding all this stuff. This is, 
This is a gold mine, and all these uh, Medal of Honor citations, they're all available online free, remember. Free. There's multiple websites that have every Medal of Honor citation that's ever been written free. Anyone can go look at anything. Even Chris can do it. Uh, we also take recommendations. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's where you can send your love and your hate and your death threats and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Fridays and your Medal of Honor citations. This guy did. He emailed in and said, I'd like to present uh, that you read Thomas J. Kelly's Medal of Honor citation. I was a, a young infantryman in 148 when Kelly came to our base in 1984 and recounted his efforts that day. His citation leaves out the fact that he actually passed out a few times from exhaustion, but got off the Jeep and went back to rescue more wounded men. On his last trip with a wounded man, a tiger tank broke the br uh, brush and saw Kelly holding a, cradle, a man cradled in both arms. As Kelly reached the summit of a hill, Kelly turned around to face the tank and with the sun at his back, formed a cross. The tiger commander opened his hatch, looked at Kelly with field glasses, waved, and reversed back into the woods. How wild is that? I really wanted, he said, P.S., I really wanted to be a Marine, but I messed up and passed the ASVAB. <laughs> so there went that idea. You know what? Not very nice. Anyway, without further ado, it is time. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. He was an aideman with the 1st Platoon of Company C during an attack on the town of Alamert, Germany. The platoon committed in a flanking maneuver and had advanced down a small open valley overlooked by wooded slopes hiding enemy machine guns and tanks when the attack was stopped by murderous fire that inflicted heavy casualties on the American ranks. Ordered to withdraw, Corporal Kelly reached safety with uninjured remnants of his unit, but on realizing the extent of the casualties suffered by the platoon, voluntarily retraced his steps and began evacuating his comrades under direct machine gun fire. He was forced to crawl, dragging the injured behind him for most of the 300 yards separating the exposed area from a place of comparative safety. Two other volunteers who attempted to negotiate the hazardous route with him were mortally wounded, but he kept on his Herculean task after dressing their wounds and carrying them to friendly hands. In all, golly, he made 10 separate trips through brutal fire, each time bringing out a man from the death trap. Seven more casualties who were able to crawl by themselves he guided and encouraged in escaping from the hail of fire. After he had completed his heroic self-imposed task, was near collapse from fatigue, he refused to leave his platoon until the attack had been resumed and the objective taken. Corporal Kelly's gallantry and intrepidity in the face of seemingly certain death saved the lives of many of his fellow soldiers and was an example of bravery under fire. Thomas Joseph Kelly. And we will get back to the death of everything and stuff like that here with our theme on tonight's show. Occasionally we do a theme night, but I, I do want to bring up something because it's not something many people may know. Crawling and dragging somebody. This is not something many people, most people have done in their lifetimes. And I'm glad. I, I don't want you to have to crawl on the ground. I certainly don't want you to have to crawl and drag people on. But because of that, 
Most people don't understand how exhausting it is to crawl and crawl with weight and drag somebody with weight. They used to make us do this in the Marines from time to time. You've undoubtedly seen this in the movies where you'll have some barbed wire set up real low to the ground and they want you to low crawl underneath it. Well, that looks bad enough in the movies, but go ahead and put on a real heavy Kevlar a helmet, put on a heavy helmet, put on heavy equipment, flak jacket, magazines, water, all these different things. Put all that stuff on. Now, crawl, and oh, by the way, here's a human being or even 50 pounds even, because they we used to make us do this with ammo cans all the time. They'd fill up these ammo cans with cement and make us drag those. Go ahead and try to crawl for even... 25 yards. You know what? Not even far. 25 yards with a bunch of gear on, low crawl, and drag something behind you. It is physically exhausting to do that. 300 yards? He crawled 300 yards with multiple people? No wonder this poor sap kept passing out from fatigue. That is, that is honestly, that's a feat of endurance as much as it's an act of bravery. That is incredible. Golly, Thomas Kelly. All right, let's get to a little Trump stuff before we get back to the death of everything. Because he's out there now on the campaign trail. And this is going to be a thing now. And I think for you Trump fans, I think you're going to enjoy this. And I think me, because I've been critical of a lot of the moves Trump has made recently, and I'm critical, but I'll, I'll tell you when I don't like something, tell you when I do. I'm excited about this because on the trail Trump, out in rally mode Trump, is a much better Trump than stuck in Mar-a-Lago Trump. And this all comes down to physical presence, where you physically exist. What does that mean? Well... Look, we like to imagine ourselves in this day and age, in this technological era, that being physically there is just not that that important. Why? Why? I'm on FaceTime. Why? I don't do that. But the truth is, where you physically are in a given day, in a given week, in a given month, in a given year, will have a huge effect on how you view things. It just will. And I know this because I have to travel. You know, I have to go see the suits now and then. So I'm going to New York City or I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to L.A. I'm going to do these various things. And you leave like this red area where I live, where, not, where it's mainly non-political people. And you go into New York City where it's all media people and news and TV and radio people. And, and it's, all, it's all Democrat run. It's different. Life is different. They view everything differently. The problem Trump has had, in my personal opinion, and maybe this is wishful thinking, because I want the best Trump we can get. I assume he's going to be the nominee. I think Heavy D can definitely beat him. He can lose. I'm not making a prediction, but right now Trump is the presumptive nominee. So if that's the case, then I want the best Trump we can get. I don't want Trump on stage with Lindsey Graham every other day. I don't want President Pfizer pitching the vaccines every other uh, this day. This crap has got to stop. I got a special announcement. Buy my NFT trading cards. What is that idiocy? That's got to stop. So I want a better Trump than the one we've had. All right? The problem, in my opinion, and again, I, I realize this may be wishful thinking, is he got away from the campaign trail. He got away from you. And, we're, and when you do these rallies, and I've been at a Trump rally before. I went to one when he came to Houston. 
you see how he feeds off the crowd. And he spoke for over two hours when I was there. Well, I left early. We had to. I had to go. I had no idea he'd go that long. He, him up there speaking, two hours. When you do that, you feed off the crowd and you feel what people want and what they don't want. And you know, and you can tell he's feeding off it. What are the applause lines? What do my people want to hear? Why did the border wall become such a central part of Trump's campaign, even though it didn't end up getting delivered? Why did that become such a central part? Because every time he brought it up at the rallies, you went nuts. It's important for him to be amongst you, to be with you physically. That way he can feed off of what you like and what you don't like. This Trump, who's been a mistake machine recently, he's just spent too much time at Mar-a-Lago. Too much time on the golf course. I know a lot of the people who he's surrounded himself by now. And as per usual, most of them are turds, as, as Trump always does. And most of them now are the worst kinds of turds. They're butt-kissing turds. Oh, Trump, you're the best. Oh, Trump, I love you. There was a really embarrassing video that came out of Trump playing golf. You know what? I'm going to try to find that for you in the break. Trump was playing golf. And one of his, one of these loser sycophants was watching him. Oh my gosh, there he is. Look at that perfect drive. Oh my. Okay, that's not healthy. He needs to be amongst you. He needs to hear the booze when he starts doing the President Pfizer thing. So I think we'll get a better Trump. I have some Trump audio and then we'll get back to the death of everything. Get to a quick email here first. Jesse, I'd like to know the name of the life-saving gadget you talked about on your show recently. How do I purchase it? This would be a good tool for my daughter and myself. That is Hero Gun. Remember, it's a non-lethal gun. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They hit and explode, and then there's this pepper cloud. Or the little bit smaller one is a hero arrow. That shoots a pepper gel. You don't need a concealed carry permit. Anyone can use it. Point and squeeze. It will stop a very bad man and save your life, life of the person you love. All right? State restrictions may apply, but go to Hero2020.com. Code JESSE gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com code Jesse. Get one for yourself and the one you love. All right? Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show continuing on our theme here tonight. Just a couple more things on Trump before I go back to this death of everything and some emails and stuff like that. There's something else that's happening. We'll, we'll keep you updated on the primary stuff as the primary gets heated up. Before I, before I go into a couple things here, I want to let you know something. I want to remind you of something because I'm reminding myself when I'm reminding you, okay? It is January 30th, Monday, January 30th, 2023. I know you're, I know, hey, that's breaking news. It's journalist Jesse. No, seriously, it's Monday. January 23rd, January 30th, 2023. Um, We have a long, long way to go in the Republican primary. All right. It's already beginning. Trump is out there on the campaign trail. Now they're saying, hey, he's more angry now than ever. We need a president who is ready to hit the ground running on day one. And I hear, boy, am I hitting the ground. You know, they said he's not campaigning. This is like about a month ago when I announced well, I said, you know, I got two years. Uh, we didn't, I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I- Okay, he's got, he, as he just said, it's two years. And Trump has been doing something recently, and some of you are mad about it. Some of you like it, some of you are mad about it. 
He's been claiming, he's been taking shots at DeSantis. The DeSantis people are, are really mad about it. My DeSantis people who listen to the show are really mad about it. She's been taking shots at DeSantis saying DeSantis locked down. DeSantis is a lockdown guy. DeSantis this. And the response to that is, this is a lie. DeSantis did lockdown, but Trump was more pro-lockdown, and he was mad when DeSantis opened back up. This is a lie. He's still, okay, okay. Let me let me clarify something here because I know kids are listening. I want to be careful of the lessons I'm teaching. So let me just let me clarify something. You want to be an honest person, all right? You want to tell the truth. You really, really do. You tell the truth, get you a lot further in life, all right? That said, this is politics. Politics is a contact sport. Politics is about defining your opponent and yourself before he can define you and himself. You can get mad at Trump for saying that stuff. Ah, that's a lie. He was more pro-lockdown. And yes, it is a lie, obviously. And he was more pro-lockdown. He was. DeSantis locked down for a while. He most definitely did, as I've called him out for. DeSantis apologized for it, opened up. Trump wanted him to stay locked down. That's, this is all documented. Okay, so the truth of it, though, is not what I want you to focus on. What I want you to focus on is this. One, we want the winner of the primary, whether it be Trump or DeSantis. Again, I don't care. I'm not on either team. To be ready to take on the most dishonest, corrupt Democrat machine this country has ever seen. And so the winner of the primary had better be somebody who can withstand dishonest attacks from his opponent. You want to sit and complain about that, about that being a dishonest attack? I will return that to you and say, if Ron DeSantis, and he hasn't said this, but if Ron DeSantis can't handle Trump telling some lies about him, then Ron DeSantis is not going to be able to handle the Democrat machine because that's all they're going to do is lie about him. It's a long primary. It's going to be nasty. I'll play you the DeSantis hits when he takes him at Trump. I'll play you the Trump hits when he takes him at DeSantis. I'll play you the good. I'll play you the bad because I'm on not, neither team. I'll just give you my personal opinion every time. This is bothering so many people that he's going with this tactic. He's calling these people lockdown people. He's defining them. He's defining them, labeling them, and to which you might respond with this. Oh, that's not going to work. Jesse, I remember. That's not going to work. Let's remember who you are. You're the 1%. You're the tip of the spear. You're the tip of the anti-communist spear. It's not going to work on you. Whether you're a hardcore Trump fan or a hardcore heavy defense or someone else, it doesn't matter. You are sitting here listening to the sound of my voice when you have endless options to listen to anything you want. You are the 1% most informed, most hardcore right, and my audience use a little more hardcore as you can imagine anyway. No, it won't work on you. Let's do keep in mind, as painful as this is, let's try to keep in mind, oh gosh, I hate even saying it, just how uninformed even the average Republican voter generally is. They just are. They don't pay attention. Life is busy. They're not listening to the radio. They're not watching TV. They don't wake up like you do and comb through 20 different articles about this issue and that issue and that. They're not. Yeah, that, that, I know because I live around these people. All my neighbors, 
all Republican, every time. They don't know anything about the latest issues of the day. Nothing. They don't wake up and consume this stuff. They got families, schools, kids, job, vacations, whatever else they're doing. They don't wake up and consume the way you and I consume. They consume sports that way. I'm on the group. I'm on a group neighborhood text message with the guys. Don't worry, I've had it muted forever because I don't. I don't do group text messages. The only reason I haven't left the message is because I can't. It doesn't allow me to. But uh, so I'm in there. But I'll go back because I'll be like, oh wow, I have 95 unread text messages, and I'll look. It's all about NFL football on Sunday. Hey, does anyone have a power wrench I can borrow? I'm not dogging on that. I'm not. You do what you want. But what would our group text look like if I was on a group text with you? Be a little different, wouldn't it? Remember, you're the hardcore. You're the 1%. It won't work. No, it won't work on you. Defining your opponent, even if it's dishonest, that's politics, baby. That's politics. Get ready for it. All right? All right. Back to the death of everything and some emails. But let's talk about something good first. Let's talk about a village. Do you know that there is a village in Lando Lakes, Florida? And what is this village for? Well, Tunnel to Towers, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they're building it. What's its purpose? So the catastrophically injured veterans... So the widows of fallen first responders, of fallen veterans, can all come together free of a mortgage and live together in the 100-plus home community, support each other. That is amazing, and Tunnel to Towers is making it happen. Go to T2T.org. They ask you and me for 11 bucks a month. That's the kind of stuff they do. I love these people. T2T.org. Go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's also the great Phil Collins birthday, Chris informs me. But then you did this lame thing, Chris, where I said, it's it's his birthday today. And you said, yeah, over there, because it just hit midnight over there. Listen, we fought a revolution, so we didn't have to bow to English time. All right. It's not Phil Collins' birthday until it's his birthday in American. Just know that, Chris. All right. George Washington didn't cross the Delaware so we can celebrate on English time. Gosh, that's so lame. Let's get to some emails. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Hey, Jesse, first, thank you for the show. You're the only radio radio personality I can listen to without throwing up in my mouth. (laughs) Keep it up. Second, as bad as things seem, I think they are still worse than you know. I work for state government, and it's basically an OnlyFans profile for the feds. Everyone knows the feds have been taken over by communists, but not one of these people can say a nice thing or can say a thing since it might slow down the printed money gravy train. It's disgusting and totally disheartening. I work in science, but now instead of doing research or teaching the feds or ensuring everyone spends the majority of their time on diversity audits, inclusion pronouns, and equity building. I'm not sure most taxpayers have any idea they are paying for this gobbledygook, and even worse, gobbledygook than all the climate models. Um, I'm just going to skip a couple of these cuss words in here. Anyway, guy says it's from a red state. Listen, 
This is part of the reason I decided to theme the show. This email and some other headlines decided to theme the show The Death of Everything. Every part of our society, every part of our system is now governed by this insanity. What's important? Well, it's not performance. It's not accomplishment. What's important is diversity. What's important is critical race theory. What's important is inclusion. What's important is your carbon emissions. What's important... And so we have completely redesigned every single part of our society to serve that purpose. And because that purpose is actually opposite of accomplishment, opposite of, of success, that purpose is murdering everything in a thousand little ways that we can't even see. We already talked about cops in the cities. We talked about nurses, medical care, the education they're getting now. We've talked before on this show extensively about not just lawyers, judges. Look at what's happening in law school right now. That judge is the one presiding over your trial 20 years from now. That little vile communist in Georgetown Law, he's the one deciding whether or not you do 20 years in the clink or not 20 years from now. But the problem is there's so much money that gets attached to the government because the government steals so much of our money. And then they steal so much of it. Remember, government, government really gets corrupt when government begins to hand out your money. They take your money from you and they hand it out. Because what are they doing? They're handing out favors. They're handing out favors. And they're buying influence. Oh, no, no, no. State, state government agency? Oh, like here, Texas. Oh, Texas state government. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I see... Uh, <clears throat> Got a little budget shortfall there. You know, we could we could float you 20 or 30 billion. We're happy to. But we're also going to have to come in and just do some training with that 20, 30 billion. Just going to have to, you know, make sure you're you make sure you're diverse enough there. Make sure you're equitable. Oh, ah, I just saw you're an oil state. Well, we're going to need you to work on that a little bit if you really want the 40 billion dollars. That is such a huge part of why we are a late stage republic. Once the government figured out that they could take in all this money and then buy money and influence within their own borders with it, it really put us on a path to destruction. You see this now in the corporate world endlessly. I know of a company. I'm not going to name them. I know because my buddy works there, but I know of a company. They were going to pass. They were going to issue a vaccine mandate for their employees. Now, my buddy who works there works there in part because they are such a right-wing company. They just are. They don't do that. It's God and country. They have American flags everywhere. They say the pledge sometimes in the morning at work. I mean, a God, God and country type company. And he got word. He got word by email. Hey, uh, <clears throat> looks like we're going to have to do a vaccine mandate. Nothing official yet, but it looks like we're going to have to do it. And by the way, it didn't end up happening because of the Supreme Court ruling. But anyway, he got word and he freaked out. And he calls me, and, I, and we're talking about it. And I said, you need to dig in. You need to find out what's what. He calls me the next day, and he tells me, I found out what it was. I said, oh, okay, what is it? He said, I did not realize we do almost a billion dollars a year in federal government contracts. It's, I think he said it was 50%. It was, something like, it was a huge percentage of the business they do. And he said, all that would go away if we didn't pass a mandate. So... There you have it. That's how it works. Government steals your paycheck. 
They then hand out large quantities of it, foreign and domestically, to buy influence, to buy power for themselves. Yeah, these feds come in and they ruin all of it. And, and because the federal government, the entire federal government, is now focused on the, this diversity, equity, inclusion, insanity, it's pushing all of society that way because of how much of our society is tied to that world. I'll tell you something uh, for the show. For the show this is a great example. You know, I uh, when it comes to finances and things like that, I don't like to try to give out stock tips and that kind of stuff because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not some stocks and bonds and what about the yield? And I don't, I don't know what any of this stuff means. But I like to try to we, like to, we love our advertisers and we love to offer things that you enjoy and that benefit you. Hey, get an emergency three-month food kit. Get something to protect yourself with. Donate to something good. We're very proud of the ones we have and very selective about them. I have for the longest time wanted a big financial institution to come on board to maybe help us with that stuff, right? Maybe you do some day trading at home. Maybe, maybe I can buy, what do I buy? What do I sell? And I can't give you that information. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I don't know. We have been unable to find one that doesn't have DEI or ESG or CRT on pretty much the home screen. Why is that? What, the major banks, the major finance companies, why is that? Are they all run by communists? No, of course not. I mean, some of them are, but of course not. Why do they all then push this disgusting filth? Because we won't take them on as advertisers. We actually had a university a couple weeks ago uh, try to advertise with the show, and we rejected it. Went to the homepage, boom, DEI, homepage. Nope, gone. Sorry, not interested. So why is it this way with financial institutions? It's because of how much our federal government has tied themselves financially into these institutions, these institutions that are in constant need of money printing and relief here and adjustments there, they don't have the option to step up as CEO and say, sorry, government, no DEI here. The feds hand out so much money, hand out so many favors that when the feds come in and say, hey, jump, all these, including major companies say, how oh, high, Mr. Government, just keep the gravy train rolling. So much of what we see, so much of the depth, the death of everything comes from the fact that the government pays for everything. They have their fingers in everything. What the government pays for, the government controls. That's why I laugh about the airline industry and everyone's complaints with it. And don't get me wrong, I've got plenty of complaints with it too. But I, I hate getting stuck in the airport. I hate missing flights. I hate when they lose my luggage. I, I mean, shoot, they just lost our luggage on a one-way with no stops. <laughs> One way, no stops. The luggage didn't show up. I don't even know how that happens. Anyway, I, I don't like it either. But do you have any idea how much the federal government has not only regulated the airline industry, bailed out the airline industry over and over and over again? They're taking that money that they stole from you and they're handing it out to the airline industry. So people were mad. I don't like these mask mandates. Hey, Southwest, why don't you drop that? Southwest didn't have a choice. Again, once the government starts to buy influence with you, when the government says jump, you say how high. The death of everything comes with the government's monetary involvement in everything. 
that's where it comes from. All right. It's a big, big, big part of it. All right. We got to get to some more emails here. We do have to address this RNC chair thing, but that's kind of ugly. I have a couple ugly things to do. You know what? Before I get to the couple of uglies, I'm going to do some beauty. I'm going to talk about me. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to get to some of your emails. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We still have another hour. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's, I know it's Monday, and I know you were waiting around all weekend. Oh, Jesse, you're the best. He's so handsome. I can't wait till he comes on. on what, Chris? I can't wait till he comes on on Monday. And now here I am. We still have more than an hour. Take heart. All right? Take heart. Get this, oh, before I get to the emails, I'm sorry. This one has me in stitches. It, just, it tickles me something fierce. Everyone else was mad about it. I thought it was hilarious. So Ilhan Omar, Swalwell, and Schiff, they get kicked off these committees because Nancy Pelosi kicked off a bunch of Republicans. And Republicans did the smart thing for basically the first time ever, credit to McCarthy, and he got in and promptly kicked off Democrats. That hey, kicking our people off, your people are gone. So they did the whole media tour thing this weekend, whining about everything. But Ilhan Omar is an interesting cat, not just because she made the first ever jesse kelly show bipartisan hottest women of congress list thing don't shake your head chris you just don't like them exotic all right you can go exotic a little while it's fine and anyway, feel free to experiment you know what actually never mind stop quit anyway that's the only reason chris doesn't like her then the fact that she hates jews you see ilhan omar and ilhan omar's family they're from somalia and i love i love that all of the planet avoids having hard, honest conversations. It, it just cracks me up. Unless you're criticizing Whitey, no one wants to have a conversation out there. Why does Ilhan Omar hate Jews? Well, um, <clears throat> they hate Jews in Somalia. They are all Islamic over there, virtually. Very uh, Different sects of Islam and different things like that. And they hate Jews. So Ilhan Omar and her whole family, they came over here and they don't like Jews. And so she routinely gets caught saying things that are not exactly, not exactly pro-Jewish. She hates Jews. She's got some radical Muslim tendencies and doesn't like Jews, which is why I thought this little tidbit was just pants-wetting funny. I certainly did not or was not aware that the word hypnotize uh, was a trope. I wasn't aware um, of, of the fact that there are tropes about Jews and money. Um, that has been a very enlightening uh, part of, of this. <laughs> I wasn't aware there's a trope about Jews and money. You know why that hurts me? I'll tell you why that hurts me. That tells me Johan Omar doesn't listen to the Jesse Kelly show. Because we make fun of Chris for that virtually every single show. You didn't know that was a trope? The Jews were good with money? Nobody believes that. And definitely not from a Jew hater like you. But I love... I love that. The, the Seinfeld. Was that wrong? But I had no idea. If, if only someone had told me. <laughs> in, in case you're wondering, by the way, little historical thing here before we get to the emails and stuff. Little historical thing for you on the Jews and the money thing. This comes from a, a many different places. Uh, one, Jews aren't supposed to loan money with interest to other Jews. It's called usury. This is something they're not supposed to do. So traditionally, it's not something they've done. But they don't hesitate to loan money to non-Jews and charge interest. 
they focused on the banking community a lot in Germany, especially post-World War I Germany, when Jews were, had taken such better care of their finances, they were in a better financial position. So remember, there had been all kinds of anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish sentiment throughout Europe and Russia and all these places. It's just the way it is. So post-World War I, people are losing their homes because the, the, the money's not worth anything. Rapid inflation, the money's not worth anything. People are getting wiped out. Well, the Jews are buying them up. It's creating resentment. The Jews are owning the banks. Now the bank's calling in on your loan. Hey, you haven't made your payment. Guess we just took your home. Now you're blaming Jews for the whole thing. So the Jewish money thing, a lot of it really comes from harder European times when Jewish people have historically, one, been better with money to withstand those times, and two, stuck together. That's really a big part of why so many people get angry at Jews and the money and things like that. If the Jewish community, like if you ever read the story or, or do any reading on the creation of the state of Israel, the, the newer state of Israel, the newer version of it, which is essentially the conquest of Israel. The Jews conquered it. Again, just I don't know why everyone has to pussyfoot around that whole thing. We do that with America. Well, we didn't conquer the Indians. Oh, yes, we did. We conquered the country. The Jews conquered Israel. It wasn't they had been scattered by the Romans. They wanted to come back. They decided to conquer it. But the, the story of them conquering it is actually really, really fascinating about how international the movement was and how they would work with each other. Hey, this guy has access. This guy has money. This guy has this. This guy and this government has that. It really was quite a coalition of Jews across the planet working with and sometimes against governments to try for that conquest that they ended up succeeding in. But Omar is, she's aware of at least some of this. Now, she's an idiot, so she probably doesn't know everything I just said, but she knows a bunch of it. So I, I really did. Boy, I didn't, I had, I, I wish someone had told me about Jews and money. I certainly did not or was not aware that the word hypnotize uh, was a trope. I wasn't aware um, of, of the fact that there are tropes about Jews and money. Uh, <laughs> Chris, do you think? Let me ask you something. She's a politician, right? So she's scummy in general. Probably can be bought. She'll do things for money she wouldn't normally do. What? No, grow. Why don't you grow up, Chris? Why don't you? Do you think we could pay Ilhan Omar to go on our Israel trip with us? No. Hear me out. Hear me out. Tell me how much the Jesse Kelly Show fans would enjoy harassing Ilhan Omar. With 10 days in the Holy Land. Remember, we're going to the Holy Land for 10 days. Me, Chris, Jewish producer Chris, Michael, wife, kids, parents, in-laws. So many of you are coming, and it's going to be a blast. We're going to go through Nazareth and Jerusalem, and we're going to float on the Dead Sea. And, and we're, my son's getting baptized there. We're going to Masada, that old the fort the Romans took down. It's going to be sick. Tell me it wouldn't be more fun. If we had Ilhan Omar there to make fun of. Hey, Ilhan, you need a loan while we're here or something? Oh, Chris, tell me it wouldn't be a blast. It would be hilarious. Now, would she quit a day in and go home because our people are merciless? Yeah, of course. But what a day that would be. Chris, maybe we should reach out. Can you reach out to her office and see how much payment she would require to come on our trip? No, I will. Chris, I'll cover it myself. I'm not even kidding. I will cover 
Oh, no, I will cover the entirety of her trip. We'll call it Jewish outreach or something like that. Oh, you didn't know about Jews and money? I've got good news. The Jesse Kelly Show, who put you on that hottest woman of Congress list, by the way, so we should already be a notch or two in your belt. We are offering to pay. Anyway, reach out, Chris. Let me know what she says. If you want to go on that trip with me and the boys and the wife and the kids and maybe Ilhan Omar, we, have, we don't know yet, you have to go to christianexpedition.com slash jesse, all right? christianexpedition.com slash jesse. We still have a whole hour. Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.